0: Hello, my name is Tanai, and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is commitment phobia. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Alex Terranova today, who calls himself a recovering asshole. He's is a men's coach and he does so many cool things that I honestly could not, can't give this intro myself. <laughs> but he's here because I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really impressed by the way he shows up on social media. I know a lot about him through my friends. He just married a friend of mine. Um, so I'm really excited to have him here and to hear his perspectives on some things that we've already talked about. So I'm very excited. So tell the people who are you, what do you do?
1: (laughs) I definitely, you know, what I love about what you're doing, I want to say is for a lot of my life, I I was for sure a commitment phobe. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, (laughs) I never, I never even thought about it, but I was absolutely adverse or allergic to committing to things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would, or I would commit as long as it was like felt good until then then it didn't feel good. I would not be committed anymore, but that's not Mm -hmm. a commitment. Um, so when I saw what you were doing and you were asking, you asked me to have this con like a conversation with you, it was like, oh yeah, like this very much resonates for me and the life that I've created over the last, let's just say like decade almost has been built through integrity, which I relate to being very closely tied to commitment, like they're yeah. like brother, sister, um, and authenticity for me, authenticity is huge. And I don't think you can be authentic without, um, without commitment. I think there's a, there's a part of those two things that are also intertwined. Mm. Uh, so who, who am I? It's like such a loaded question, right? I could tell you mm-hmm. all I've done. Um, I, I believe I am. I believe I'm an alchemist for men. Um, And what that means is people that aren't familiar with alchemy is alchemy is turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. And I think not, it's not ordinary isn't bad. Ordinary is just like what we are, but we have the ability to be extraordinary. And I, and I am here to serve, I work with men and women, but to really serve people who want to go from, Hey, their life is fine to like, my life is exceptional or, my life is great, but my relationship is fine. And I want it to be an exception. Whatever it is that people want, it's taking that fine and good and like making it outstanding, Mm. uh, which is the story of my life. Um, I write, I lead men's groups, I lead men's retreats. um, I play with plant medicines to expand myself. And I think also when I'm in those spaces, I also get to lead. I get to, I get to show up as is one of my favorite versions of myself, Mm. which is like a very strong grounded, but like soft and gentle masculine. Um, I also really believe that we don't do anything for anyone else. I think of myself sometimes as a warrior who fights for people to have the space to be whatever they want in. So I'm not fighting for something. I'm just fighting for the, like the, that for so people can choose what they want and how they want to create it. Um, which is a different take, right? Warriors throughout time have been fighting for something mm-hmm. that they believe in or that they think other people should have. And I think that has been fine. But the world that we're moving into, I think people need to powerfully choose the things they want for themselves. And, and the, cheese,
0: themselves. the things they fight against, for sure.
1: Yeah. Or the fight and for. So, Yeah. And I just feel like I'm, I'm, my purpose is to help carve out that, that space so that they can make those choices and those decisions and make them feel safe in doing it.
0: Damn. So powerful. You know, I, from the, from the times that I've met you and spent time with you, I really get that you're somebody who chose who you are. Like you chose it and that's who you lived into. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: from that, you've created this life that the you from 10 years ago would have never imagined having right so yeah. tell us a little bit about who you were
1: <laughs> so and there are and i think there are there are, there are themes or threads that tie it all together and right? i'm not like a completely different human being than i was but there it's it's like i chose what pieces served me and what pieces didn't so if we go back Uh, I like to tell people, because I think it sets the context. I grew up in Los Angeles in the 80s and 90s. Los Angeles being maybe the mecca for ego. Let's just say that. (laughs) Like, you know, New York might be like the mecca of power and money. I think LA is, uh, LA, Miami, Miami might have a little bit of that, like, ego. But like, LA really feels like an ego-driven, right? It's about, it's like status and looks and um, right, especially cause like the music industry, the entertainment industry, the, the like, the weather is always nice. So everybody wants to like look good. Yeah. I think all these things unintentionally came together and created the city that there's a lot of magic in also. Mm-hmm. But growing up there, at least for me in my experience, it was very much about like who you were, what you've accomplished, what you look like, who's on your arm, what you drive, what your house looks like, the neighborhood you live in, all these like very ego driven, lot of vanity things. And I grew up all about all that stuff. You know, so it was like I'm buying cars that I actually couldn't afford. I'm dating people solely based on their looks or what they make me look like. I'm trying to get jobs that do that. Uh, I'm trying to do that myself. And it was fine. Nothing bad. You know, I wasn't like on the streets. I wasn't a drug addict. Like it wasn't like my life was in shambles. But when you live that life, you're always chasing the next thing, right? It's kind of, it's, it's like capitalist culture, right? We get the thing and then we're happy for a minute and then we like need the next thing. And so it's on and never ends. And around 30 years old, I got an opportunity to move to New York. And I think that was the first moment where I started to be like, I think I like ran away, like hoping, Oh, maybe I'll go there. I didn't know. It was like almost like subconscious. Maybe if like I go there, like I'll find myself, I'll be more happy. Um,
0: Did you know that you weren't happy?
1: No, I don't think I knew that I was unhappy. I knew that I, um, I knew that I was like kind of a jerk and the way that played out was like, I was judging everyone all the time and using like creative humor to make that funny and like make fun of people and, um, and kind of use my wit and my charisma. So it didn't occur. Like I was always super negative, but really like inside it was like all about judgment and assessing because Mm -hmm. If like, I, you can't look at yourself. So I was looking at everyone else, like this is what's wrong with them. This is what's wrong with these situations. And then I never had to look at me. I realized I was unhappy when I was in New York, because I started to see the same patterns showing up. And it was like, why do I always have bosses like this? Why are my work situations always like this? Um, And that's when I started to go like something's got to something's got to give something's got to change. And again, right, I had a I was a director of operations of a restaurant group in New York City. I had a great job. I was dating some somebody who was like had it all together and had it all in her mind figured out. Like I had all these things that you would have said, "Oh, he's living a good life." But I always needed more stuff. I couldn't commit to her in the relationship because of a fear in my mind that like something better was going to come along, someone like hotter basically. Um, and it didn't matter. There's no hot enough, right? Like there's, right. it's, like, it's that's all not up.
0: where it comes from. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and so it was like, how can you be happy if you're not okay with what you currently have? If you're always looking to the next job or the next apartment or the next person. Yeah. Um, and that's actually, I got, I got lucky. I got to have a moment where I got asked what I was grateful for by my cousin in Costa Rica. And it was like in an instant I realized, oh my God, I'm actually not grateful for anything because if I'm always like my body should be better, I should have more money, I should have a better girl, I should have this, 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 then I'm not actually grateful. I'm like, it's always the thing that I'm chasing after. And in like a moment, it was God, the universe, spirit, whatever you believe in, it was like it punched me in the face and I I completely fell apart. And that was the moment I went, um, I got to do stuff different. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know anything about, mindfulness, meditation, coaching, plant medicines, like I didn't know anything about any of those things. Uh, and But it it opened up a space of let's go explore anything that's different than I was doing. Mm. So I just kind of like turned my life upside down.
2: Wow.
0: It's something that you said is so wild about, you know, judging other people all the time, because it's something that I notice in myself still, um, that I get into these places of judgment. And lately I've just been focusing on, okay, how can I focus on self love? How can I, you know, like open my heart to people, think of the things I love about them. And what came to me in this San Pedro ceremony that I just told you that I did yesterday is that like, we wouldn't get irritated if there wasn't a wound, right? It's like, we're touching this open wound Mm. all the time. And of course it's going to hurt. And the only way to really not get irritated is to heal the wound from the inside Mm -hmm. and feel the pain.
1: Yeah. I, I think a lot about fire is one of my favorite things to to, to talk about like metaphorically as who we are. I think um think about a fire. For a fire to burn, it has to be destroying something, right? It has to be consuming something. Yeah. For it to burn. And, and we're just talking about like a fireplace, right? Like something like that's contained, whatever. And then think about a fire. If you sit by it, it keeps you warm. It like can cook your food. It can like make you feel you. safe and nourish you and take care of you. But what happens if you touch it? It burns you like yes. horribly burns you. Right. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you don't take care of it? It either goes out or it goes out of control and destroys everything. Mm. Um, and I think like, I talk a lot, a lot about like men being like fire because their anger and their passion. But I, in reality, I think like we all could relate to ourselves like that Um And that thing, like something has to be destroyed or go away for something new to be brought in. And something has to be, there has to be something that like is uncomfortable or painful for us to elevate or expand ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we have to have something that we're burning up or chewing on. Otherwise we would just sit on the couch and just be like doing nothing, right? The, The hunger for, if you think all the way back, right, the hunger for easier way to survive was what had people like start building differently or or working in community to like grow food. Um, even things like the industrial revolution, like the ideas were that oh, this is going to make our life easier, right? We're going to all come from the from the the farms to the city, and we're all going to work together, and it will make our lives better and easier. Now, these things don't always work the way we think, but it's the intention. Yeah, the intention is like we have this pain or we have this thing. The thing about the world we live in now in 2023 is for anyone who's listening to this podcast, probably working with you or me or interacting with us in any way, is we actually don't have to worry about survival anymore. So now all of our like pain is actually generated, unless you're dealing with like a a sickness or right, some like in serious trauma or something. Most of our pain is actually generated from within our own head.
0: Yeah, it's um. It reminds me of you know when people when like I love ice baths, and it reminds me of the theory that Wim Hof and you know people who are into these kind of extreme situations say that it puts you in that situation where you're actually in that fight or flight, and you learn how to calm yourself so that you can then know how to react to your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it also trains our body because our bodies are so un think about it, right? Like now you're, you're cold. So you just put on more clothes or you're hot. You put on your air conditioning, your body doesn't actually have to deal with anything anymore for the most part. Right. It doesn't have to, it actually doesn't have to get, how do we make something stronger? We like stretch it, right? We like, if you want to get stronger in your body, what do we do? You like lift weights or you run, or you do things that challenge you that kind of like force you. If you, if you lift a weight that is easy, you don't get any bigger. You have to lift a weight that's like too much that stresses you. So if we don't stress our mind or our body, how does our mind or our body grow and expand? Hmm. And I mean, cold plunges are <laughs> cold plunges are one way to do it, right? Even the sauna, go sit in a sauna, which is not as hard as a cold plunge, right? but you're in there for long enough and your brain is like, I got to get out of here. I'm overheating. It's too hot.
0: Yeah. My skin's going to burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well- I- yeah.
1: You, I mean, look, you could do this, go have an uncomfortable conversation with someone in your life and you have the exact same conversation in your head as the ice bath or the sauna. You're yeah. like, how long do I have to sit here? How do I get out of this? When can this end? I don't know what to say, right? All these things. And mm-hmm. it's like, wait, can you actually, the only way you're going to expand your, your emotional intelligence is if you can actually stay in that and be in that discomfort.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's such a perfect segue to commitment because that's the same thing, right? Like you choose commitment and then all these things come up that tell you to run away. So tell us a little bit about what those things would that, yeah, what would come up for you? Um, and also, just like you, you mentioned, you weren't, in, you know, you weren't someone to commit at all. So give a little background on that. And then what are some of the things that would come up for you when you started to commit?
1: So I would do what I would call like, let's just call it like amateur commitment I just, okay. made, I, I, I'm just making this up, but amateur commitment is you say you're committed to something, but as soon as something else comes along, you're out of the commitment. So I would have girlfriends, right? I'd commit to being in a relationship and then I would cheat. Mm.
0: How that come? Be-
1: because there was a bad, because in my mind I thought, well, actually let me, the, what I thought was this was a good option, Like this was like, she was hot or this was fun or I didn't want to miss this opportunity or maybe the relationship I was in wasn't as great as I thought it was, or I was bored. Why did I really cheat? Right? Like now, now like the why really is because I didn't think I was good enough or I didn't like myself and the validation of this other person made me feel good. It was like a drug. So I already had the person I had. So that kind of wears off. It's like a drug you do too much. It doesn't give you the hit anymore. So now this other woman comes along and she shows interest or I can like get her, right? I'm, I'm air quoting. Um, and th- it's like a new drug that gives me that high again. right? But that's never ending, right? right? That will right. never end. I will need that forever. And when I was in my twenties, I didn't know that. I remember being, being getting being around 30 years old and the person I was dating and having a moment where I went, oh my God if I keep doing this, like, it's cute, right? It's like, I'm like a cute, like, I'm like a bad boy. I'm like in my twenties and thirties, but this ain't going to be cute when I'm like 40 or 50 or 60, I'm going to be alone or mm. with like all these burned bridges and people are not going to like me. And this is going to be a horrible. And I remember thinking that in my early thirties and being like, I have to, like, I have to literally break this addiction. And I made a commitment. That was. That commitment and the commitment to change my life were probably the first two biggest commitments I made that I like stuck to. Okay. I'm changing my life. I'm I'm completely changing who I am. And I'm not going to be someone who who is unfaithful anymore. Mm. Um, and it wasn't about anyone else, right? It was just about me and for my life. And I've been and I've honored those two things since I made those commitments. Um
0: what what's made it easy for you to do that and what's made it hard? Like at first, I'm sure there were challenges. So what would you say has made it easy and hard?
1: So I think when you make a real commitment, you're saying like no matter what and you start saying these things. So at one point I made a commitment to become a vegan for a year. I was like I'm going to be a vegan for a whole year and just see what that's like. Okay. And I remember when I did it, people were like this is crazy, you eat like meat all the time, like you're such a foodie and I was like no, I'm a vegan. Like I just was like I'm a vegan. Right? Like day 1 I am a vegan. People don't like to do that cuz they're like they don't want to deal with the questions people say. What do you mean you're a vegan? How long have you been a vegan for? And you say one day and they're uncomfortable. And it's like, no, but I'm a vegan now. This In this moment, I am a vegan, right? I am not a cheater, right? I am faithful. I am committed. I think that the biggest hindrance, the biggest thing that stops us in our life, in any area of our life is our beliefs. Um, Sorry, our identity doesn't match the thing that we want. So we say, um, we, we, Here in like an easy. Well, well, use me. Uh, my identity was like an identity of a bad boy and a cheater, and mm-hmm. and like you know, but it was like all kind of on the DL. And yet, so I, so my actions follow your identity. But if my identity says I'm not that, I'm a, I'm like a faithful guy, I'm a committed guy, I like, I have integrity, and I and I follow my integrity, and I stick to my integrity. Then my actions have to follow the way I identify. They can't. It can't work the other way. People try to make the actions change their identity, but it can't. Mm -hmm. The number one determining factor of behavior is how you identify. So, right. So if you identify change, if you want to change something, change the way you identify first. Right. And then start, let your actions follow that. Mm. So for me, that was, I got like so clear and and you can do this all the time. Notice people do it with food where they'll be like, I'm not, I'm going to eat healthy this week. And they're not. They may, they might last a day or two or maybe a little bit longer because they just simply are trying to change their behavior. But if you're like, well, here it's like me getting ready for like my wedding, me and my wife were like, let's get in the best shape of our life. Let's like use this. And I was like, I am in the best shape of my life. I'm changing. This is like my, bo- I am transforming my body into the best body I've ever had. So then the way we're eating, the way we're exercising, everything is following that, that, that new identity that we're creating when after the wedding I like abandoned the identity and what happened? Like, I mean, it's it's not like I fell apart. Right. But I'm not eating the same. I'm not exercising the same because I let go of the identity. And now there's like this, you know, like unclear identity. So there's unclear habits.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I, what I'm hearing too is like a lot of people will depend on the feelings. Um, yeah. And that yeah, those are completely unreliable. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of people will say, like, mindset work isn't enough, like masculine coaching is too masculine. But this is where I think it's really important. Like, I think it's not just about doing the ceremony and healing and feeling your feelings. But also, there's like the commitment and discipline is what Mm -hmm. really takes someone from being good to extraordinary, right?
1: Yeah, but and I think the feelings are the beginning the feelings are that what give you the data points. The feelings of oh, I don't want to be this guy when I'm 50 or 60. That was a feeling, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I could feel that like that is doesn't feel good. Yeah. I could feel you can feel how your body feels if you're like not in the shape you want to be in or you're unhealthy. Right. You can feel, I think we have to feel into what we want. Right. we yeah, like, these yeah, are, like
0: signposts.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where I think this is where feminine and masculine comes together is like. To me, the feminine births the feelings, the ideas, the inspiration, the creativity, um, what's possible is like all through the feminine. And and when I say that, I think people that listen to your show probably get like the feminine and yeah. masculine or not. Yeah, I've
0: had like, lots of people talk about it. They're not
1: male and men and w- women. Yeah, but like the feminine <laughs> with, within us is what births that. And then the masculine is what creates it. And, and then I think it comes back to the feminine because we don't get to produce the results. Like- the 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 feminine has the like the idea to create like the garden. Mm-hmm. And the masculine plants the seeds and waters and does all the gardening things. But that doesn't determine if things grow or bloom. Or what That's will the, grow. Right? The, the feminine, that like stepping back and being unattached, the final piece is coming back again to the feminine mm-hmm. and allowing it for it to happen. But I agree with you. I think and and you and I know a lot of the same people. And I think often people are like picking sides. It's like, it's the feminine work or it's the yeah. masculine work. And it's actually, I view it as, as a infinity symbol where they're like flowing in and out of each other. And if they're not flowing in and out of each other, they're gonna get, they like, it gets clogged up on one side. And that's where we find where people are just in their feelings and they're not getting anything done. Or they're all in their do, 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 which is the masculine. And they have no connection to who they are or what they're even doing. And they just become like robots
0: yeah yeah in a way we're in this time that's both like a gift and a challenge because we're being called to integrate both in all of our lives um and so it takes a lot it takes a lot of awareness of like nurturing your feminine nurturing your masculine i just i just did um a weekend that you'd actually you'd actually love this coach his name is um Bandenson. Okay. He's he's one of the coaches for like he's one of the go-to coaches for the nba okay um and he basically like took landmark and made it his own um okay. and he has a lot of charisma and personal stories and i just really got like all the all the ideas that i want i just have to choose them and i don't need to do all these things to love myself i just get to choose to be self-love in every moment and ask myself what does it look like to be self-love right now mm. and and it's like after doing all of this like feminine emotional healing, I I needed to come back to that place of like, I just got to choose who I am every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the way I teach this is I I talk about our lives being a ship, like a, like a giant boat as a ship. And there's lots of different types, types of ships is the, is the ship of your life a Disney cruise, a Navy vessel, a pirate ship, a crew, like a um, an adults-only cruise, what kind of ship is your the ship of your life? Now, if you think about it, if you're a military guy, well, a Disney cruise would be kind of weird. You're on it with a bunch of kids. It's all silly and playful. That like doesn't align, right? It'd be like, yeah. oh, this doesn't work. And if you're somebody who's like very committed to integrity and being a good person, being a pirate ship wouldn't work either. So, and it doesn't have to be these, like, these are generalizations of ships, but like, what yeah. is the ship of your life? And if it's your ship, what's the, like, the theme of it? What's the theme of this ship that you're going to set sail on to your North, nor- to like your North Star, your destination? Mm. And if, if you say, so that it's like the, my ship is like a ship of, I call it like, um, it's an, it's, it's the life of vacation. And because on vacation, you don't do nothing. You always, you hike, you go see stuff, you learn, you eat good food, you relax. Actually, vacations are very fulfilling experiences where you do a lot of things, but it's the mindset of a vacation that makes it so enjoyable. Like, right. You like, let go all the pressures released that I want my life.
0: Your goal is pleasure.
1: uh Uh-huh. I want my life to feel like a vacation, but that still means I do a bunch of stuff. So, so who then are the people on your, on your ship? Because if the people on your ship are pirates and you're committed to like cleanliness and integrity and whatever, that's your ship's going to be a mess, which that's like looking at your environment, right? Who are the people around you? If you're really committed to love and the people around you are only committed to money, right? You have the wrong people on your ship. And then it's like, where's your ship sailing? Where is it actually going? What do you want the, the, the kind of legacy of your life to be? And when I say legacy, I don't mean what you do, what you produce, but like what people are left with. So when you're lying there in your deathbed, what do people are people saying about tonight? Like, what kind of person were you? What kind of impact did you have? That's like where you're headed. Mm-hmm. So to me, when you shape your my life, like I'm so clear on the the way I want my life to feel, the person, the man I want to be, the impact I want to have, the kind of people I need around me to have that. That when I wake up it's not necessarily choosing new all over again. It's re-choosing that. And what do I do every day to step into that? Some days it's not different. It's not the same every day because just like a ship, there's different parts that need attention. Yeah,
0: and storms.
1: hmm Well, that's when you get tested. So yeah. like when <laughs> the currents are strong, when the storms come in, when another ship like encroaches on your space, then, right, we know how pirates and, and military ships would respond to that. But what, how would your ship respond when you hit storms or when other ships encroach?
0: Yeah, that that really sounds like for people who are feeling very lost and in, in need to find their, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, um, their purpose, it's like if they actually just felt connected to the ship that they're sailing, then the purpose is just something that appears to them or that they live into um, and not something that they need to look for.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing that people get messed up with, with purpose is they're looking for it instead of they choose it. You choose your no. purpose. And then this is the thing. If you choose wrong, then you choose again. But ultimately by choosing, I think of cho- choices as doors. So like you walk into a room and there's a door. Let's just say there's two doors. If you don't, if you're like, I don't know which to choose. Well, guess what? You get to stay in that room. When you open one of those doors, it doesn't matter which one, there's a room full of more doors. Mm. And if you don't like the room you're in, pick a door and go through it. And if and then if you're like, oh, wait, I don't like this room. I picked the wrong door, mm-hmm. pick another door. The yeah. thing is that the only way we get stuck and stopped is we stop choosing. Choosing is what has us get to like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and has us find, but that's created, right? We're choose it's not like when in finding your purpose, you're choosing your purpose. And then maybe you find something that you're like, "Oh my god, this is it. This is the what I'm settling on. This is what I'm or I shouldn't say settling, this is what I'm committing to."
0: Mm. Wow, I love that you mentioned this because I would love for you to expand a little on what choosing means. I just had a client tell me, "Well, I chose my ex-husband for 8 years and but she didn't choose herself in that process." You know, she she chose mm. him. Um, so I'd love for you to like, maybe talk a little bit about what it actually means to choose. Cause yeah, she was like, I chose him and then he ended up coming out of the closet eight years later. So yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) So I remember I said like, there's amateur, what did I say? Amateur commitment. There's like, there's like amateur choosing Mm. amateur, amateur choosing is when you actually don't choose all of it. So it's like only choosing the parts that you wanted. So amateur choosing is her, this client, being like, well, I chose this guy, but then this thing happened. And so like it didn't work out or however it went. Mm-hmm. Choosing, if you're choosing somebody to be with, like a marriage, you're choosing all of them. That's re that's like that's like grown-up choosing. That is, or let's just say choosing with full responsibility is like, I'm choosing everything that they are and everything that they might be. Because yeah. what if it wasn't that he didn't come out of the closet. What if he got run over by a truck and was suddenly a paraplegic and was now just sitting in a chair and could only move his head? Are you, are you, when you choose to be with somebody, are you choosing them for exactly like who you want them to be, who you hope they could be? You know, I'm sure you've heard the, like, a lot of people date from potential, the potential that someone might have. And they're probably most of us many of us will never live into our potential. Also because the potential is made up by someone else.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: not even your version of what you think you're capable of. Right, or, there's no such thing as does.
0: potential. Yeah, yeah, it's not real.
1: <laughs> so if I make up who you're supposed to be and then I choose you, well, good luck with that. If I make up who I don't want you to be, when I choose someone to be in a relationship with, I'm choosing all of them. That doesn't mean I don't have boundaries and stand- and like like boundaries and commitments, right? Like this person came out. She gets to now make a new choice. Oh, I get to be with somebody maybe still who's interested in the other sex or the Mm -hmm. same sex, or I get to make a new choice and go, wow, like things have changed. We've evolved. It's time to make a new choice. What did I learn from the last eight years? How was this person medicine for me? How did they actually help me grow? What did they teach me about myself? How was I medicine for them? Maybe Man, what a gift she was for him that she let him get to this. Maybe he never, he would have lived his whole life a lie if it weren't for her. I don't know, right? Um,
0: Yeah, you're just, what I'm hearing when you say that is that you're choosing life. Because it'd be arrogant to think that you know better than how life turns out. And so what life is giving you is what life is giving you. And it's giving you, you know, it's giving you um, medicine and a gift all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So then in that moment, you're saying, I know better than life. This shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't
1: have done that. Yeah, that's really well said. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just like, I'm, uh. I don't know if it's a sound pager, but I'm just, you're, you're really channeling here. I'm really loving just the way that you put things into words is like phew, lots of, I'm sure a lot of people are taking notes as they're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, So the way that that you found Evan, your your wife, is that you decided to choose that you 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 were just like very, you know, certain about what you were looking for, um, Mm. and that's what you went for it, and you didn't go for anything else. Um, And I really want to hear like what are your thoughts on that because we we talked about this a little bit about like when you want something, like should you just focus on that or or is it like well I'm gonna leave it a little open. And, and I want to add a little backstory, which is that I've heard that when men see on a pro or anyone really, I've heard women too. Some people see on a profile, like I'm looking for a committed relationship and they're like, Whoa, that's so intense. Like, why is this person being so direct? So thoughts on that?
1: So so there's a few, there's a few things here. One is (laughs) my relationship with Evan um, is wild how it got created. (laughs) Um, First of all, I had on, on my desk, something I think that everyone should do, whether it be a relationship or anything, they want in their life is create the, the essentially um, the list of what you are looking for. So if it's, if it's a car, a person a house, um, what are the thing? what are the like must haves? Okay. So you do it like with a person, it could be like, and it's not like long brown hair, right? That's like, it really, that's how you're going to make your choice of your person. Yeah. I mean, it might be nice for a moment, but it's really like, oh, I want to be with someone who's, who's spiritual. I want to be with somebody who wants to travel the world. If that's like your dream is like, you just want to travel the world. Well then you need a partner that wants to travel the world with you. Right. Um, I, I, kids could be something that's like a hundred percent. These are things like deal breakers that if the other person doesn't match them all, they're, they're out, they're not considered. And I think, and same thing, like if I want a house, I like my house that I actually live in, I went to my real estate agent and I was like, listen, this is what I want. And I told him I want like, and it was like bullet points. It was like eight things, right? And to, and there's other things that I wanted too, but those are outside of those eight. That's like, oh, if it doesn't have that, I'm okay with it. They were, they'd be nice to have, but these eight it has to have. And it was like, don't even show me anything that doesn't have those eight. Right. How much easier did I make his life? Hmm. And so thing, I on my so for like a year or two on my desk, I had like 10 things that I was looking for in a woman. That other things, again, could be nice to have. There were definitely things I didn't want, but they had to have these 10 things. (laughs) For two years, I think I dated everyone the opposite of that list (laughs) because I was self-sabotaging. I think I was like actually afraid, Mm. right? Like my shadow side was having me like find women that were like super fun and hot and wild and like a lot of fire energy that was like taking me out because then I didn't have to be with that commitment. I wouldn't Mm. have to step into that if I actually got what I wanted. Yeah. And then I realized that, and I realized that I'm not picking the right people for me because I'm not following that thing. I'm ignoring it. And so I actually was like, you know what? I'm going to find five of my friends to pick who I should date. And I'm going to create a contest where I like take a woman. (laughs) I think you know about this. Like I'm going to take a woman to Tulum with me for for a friend's wedding. And we created an online contest that people could have, like, there was an application. The thing was, and I didn't choose. My five friends, like, interviewed these women. The women's friends interviewed me. And they chose Evan, my wife. Um, That's crazy, right? Like, this is, but, and so if you come back around to commitment, what I committed to was to surrender. I committed to the surrendering to these words. And my five friends who I knew would pick from, like, what they saw being the best for me. Yeah. Then I let go of my attachment to what this person needs to look like or be like. Aside from that list, right? That's I was kind of counting on them for that.
0: I'm hearing so many things. I'm just I'm I need to like take a list, have a list in my head. First of all, you seem like you used to be a really arrogant person.
2: Super arrogant.
0: How is it that you got to such surrendered state and just didn't come at it like I know better? You know, like how?
1: Well, arrogance is, arrogance is like false confidence, right? And so I, what I didn't like myself, I didn't think I was good enough. So I projected an image of being good enough, being like, arrogant to protect myself, right? Someone who's, uh, and I, and in like in the last nine years, I've done a lot. I've gone through year long transformational programs. I, uh, with accomplishment coaching with like rip my life apart and help put it back mm-hmm. together. I've gone to landmark. I've had three different coaches for eight or nine years, right? I've done, I've meditated. I've gone to men's retreats. I've read probably 500 books, right? I've like, I've done everything that I possibly can at this point to figure out myself and my life and like, kind of like take it apart so I could put it back together in a way that works for me. And that was like, that started when I said, I got to change my life. Right. And it started with what I knew. No one's supposed to do this. Like I did it. You start with where you are. So when I said this 10, nine years ago, what I knew was I was watching way too much TV. I was watching way too much sports. I was drinking too much. I was in bars too much. Uh, I was eating like just food that wasn't serving me. And so I looked at my life and went, wait a minute, no more sports, no more TV. Let's start reading. Let's replace that with books. So that was like easy, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Let's replace going to bars with like going to networking events. Super simple, right? There's not, none of this like really costs any money. It was like baby steps. And all of a sudden each book was opening up my mind to things that I didn't know networking events were opening my mind or opening me up to people I didn't know and opportunities I didn't know. And like, that's like these doors, right? I opened one door, which was the door of like something new. And then that, then there were like five other doors and then mm-hmm. when I one of those doors, there was like 10 other doors. So I just had to keep choosing expansion and like being okay in the new and the uncomfortable and the not knowing. And all these opportunities started showing up. Yeah. I didn't mean sometimes it wasn't hard. And sometimes I wasn't like, screw this. I hate this. I don't want this. Yeah. I have a very big, like, um, like, like my, my shadow side is like, very, like, don't tell me what to do. Um, it's, it's like a, uh, it's a teenager. It's like a, it's like a 17 year old rebel. who's was like, fu- yeah. Rebel boys like fuck everything. I know best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to like, even learn to like, to like actually love that part of myself too, is like that, that guy's not bad. There's no bad parts of me. They -hmm. all provide something, but it's like, when do I want to let, you know, when me and my wife go out drinking, when we want to like go out to dinner and have drinks, it's like, let that like bad boy drinker come out. She likes it. Like let him, but it's like, it's irresponsible, right? He's like gets to play in that playground where no one's going to get hurt versus going and doing something that's going to like blow up my life or sabotage right. my
0: life. Yeah. It's not coming as a defense mechanism or coping mechanism, but instead you're choosing it consciously as a way for you to express yourself.
1: Yeah. And, the, and even the use of, sometimes people are surprised when I talk about like drugs or alcohol. For most of my life, I use drugs and alcohol to compensate for the bad feelings I had or to cover up or to hide or to uh, make myself act a certain way. Yeah. Now it's chosen intentionally. It's like forward going versus backward going. It's like, um, I mean, you know, whether it be a plant medicine experience or just going out drinking together, Mm -hmm. it's not actually because I don't want something, it's because I want something. It's like, hey, let's get, let's get drunk and like be silly together. Yeah. I'm the same. In a a way. and, And some people would be like, well, why can't you do that without the 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 drugs. And it was like, well, why can't you get wet without water? You, you, like These things are, all these things are in our world to be you. Like they're all tools, right? If you, if you use a hammer on everything in your house, you're going to destroy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but if you pick up a hammer when you want it for a specific thing, it adds that it's not like, Oh, you shouldn't use it because sometimes it's destructive. It's like, can you use it in a way that is helpful?
0: Right. Yeah. It's like, there's some, there's a quote that's like too much medicine turns into poison, something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's also like, you know, if you drink too much water, that's not good for you. Um, so it, everything in balance. Yeah. Everything in balance for sure.
1: Do you, some, do you want me to speak to that, that thing about the, the commitment on social media or like on dating apps?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Bring it. Well,
1: <laughs> So I got this from a, a guy and he is, is he, the way he, I'm sure he's not the first one to say this, but I love how he says it. Um, this guy named Andrew Horn, he's a, he's a tech entrepreneur and he leads men's retreats. And he talks about, um, do you want to die with your truth left inside of you. And I think I often, I, I didn't have the words for it, but that's often what authenticity to me was about is like, do you want to die? Not knowing you like lived your true life. And I think about, you know, when, when you're on a dating app or you're on a date, I think people on dates should be on the first three dates, you should know if the person wants to have kids, if they want to get married, what their religious and political views are. That's like the juiciest stuff. Right. We're all gonna have challenges, but like if we don't align on on some of those, like those four things and maybe a couple others, we're actually choosing probably a very challenging life with the other person. And most of us are afraid to actually see those things right away because they're so confronting and so we think they can scare people off. So it's like people are going on dates or building profiles that are lacking truth and authenticity and hoping to find someone who's who that they can find truth and authenticity within. If you're not willing to be the person that's truthful and authentic, how are you gonna find someone that's truthful and authentic? So to me, yeah, make your profile like a, a shining blinding image of who you are because the person that actually is meant for you is going to like get like excited by that image. And the person who isn't meant for you is going to get like burned by that, that light. And it's, it's, we, you just have to have the courage to to trust that that's the way it works.
0: Yeah. What I'm hearing now, and I also heard in you making your lists and giving them, giving it to your friends is trusting in your desires. And that's, that's what I've heard of you like, not say directly but it seems like you trust your desires a lot i'm curious about that and and actually even remember you being on kalen's podcast Mm
2: -hmm. and i
0: think you spoke on that too about like loving this whole desire movement because of the power of desire
1: yeah i think i talked to i I think for women desire works really powerfully i think of it as as like hunger for men Mm, okay like what are you hungry for and I just think desire doesn't relate to guys like the same. It's like okay. very, fe- very Thanks feminine word and it's, huh. and it's fine. I can think of it. Cause I, but like, what are you hungry for? Or what do you desire? It's that thing you're like yearning for. It's it's fire needs oxygen and up to like, right. And like wood or uh, something to burn. It's like, what are those things for you that cause you to burn that cause you to like light up and radiate heat and light? Um, And again, this comes back, like the only way we find those things is to like open a lot of doors and try a lot of stuff. Mm. And then we find out what really like lights us up. And so I think, yeah, we start with the desire, right? The desire to have a partner, the desire to have a business, the desire to make a difference, the desire to get money, whatever it is. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do? Right? Like, so you, like, I had to give it over to five friends right i had to create like a landing page with an application for women
2: to
1: do that right <laughs> like there was stuff yeah. you can't just be like i desire i desire i desire i think i think for me actually like the more i sit in desire the more trapped i get hmm. that i need to want something and then let it go that if i'm like holding it think about if you're holding something i'm holding like a coffee cup right now like i can't can't actually let anything in I'm like gripping onto something where's where are you gonna where are you gonna hand me what I want
2: yeah
1: so I actually have to like want like want it like vi- almost like I want it and then let it go wow. and then I'm available to like have it come to me
0: yeah it it, it honestly it like kind of reminds me of prayer mm. like when you pray it's words that you you know you release you you give them up you share them with God or the divine or the universe and then you keep going with your life. But it's like you trust that that prayer, you know, is 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 being heard, and then you go out in your life and you take the actions and right, look at the signs that the universe is and the doors that the universe is is showing you.
1: Yeah, and it might not show up the way that you think. That your prayers are open for interpretation and your desires are open for interpretation, hmm. and even the way they're received is inter is can be interpreted. Yeah. And and sometimes you might, you know, my house that I got is like 90% of what I, is like 90% there of what I really wanted. Okay. But what I like really recognize is maybe it's, it wasn't that I didn't get what I wanted. Maybe it's like the step before, right? Maybe the thing that that hundred percent is actually the next thing. And this is like setting me up to get into that.
0: Yeah, that, um, In my in my world, it's like when I'm dating and someone isn't exactly what I'm looking for, but I'm gonna use the opportunity to connect with them and create who I who I want to become, and and what relationship I want to have with this connection until it yeah until it lives lives its course. You you mentioned um, being in the energy of this is gonna work out. Um, would love to hear how you, how you get into that energy and then how does it balance out with like, this is going to work out and I'm surrendered to the way that it's going to look.
1: I don't know where, it I don't know where it came from. And like, I don't know. It, it's, there's like an internal knowing one of my first tattoos that I ever got. Um, I probably was like 20 it's on, on my arm. Um, inside of the tattoo it says life is on my side i don't know at 20 no. i was not this i was not i did not i was not spiritual i was not religious yeah, I, was gonna I was,
0: ask, Do you believe in god was, or no i
1: was the opposite if you told me you believed in god when i was 20 i would have told you you were an idiot like i was huh. i was like repulsed by spirituality and religion it was wow. yeah i was like fully the other way um and, and I just like had no space for it. Like it was just, I was just a jerk really when it came to it. Cause it was just so triggering for me, but, and I don't know, I mean, the, the, the part of the tattoo is like the tree of life, but inside of the tree, it says life is on my side. And I, I all I remember is having this innate sense that like life is on my side. And I don't mean just me. I mean, like it actually applies to all of us, but it's, it was a man as a reminder to me. And then it's like there, it's been there. And somewhere along the line, I started saying like, everything works out for me. It always works out for me. Like if I look at my life, everything bad that happened led to something good. So all the times I fell down, when I stood up, I was like bigger and stronger, right? Or I was like happier. All the times I failed, I like learned something or I was like further along, that all the mistakes I made, all the times I got in trouble, any, any challenges I faced that didn't go well, somehow, well, if they knocked me backwards, when I came back forward, I was like further ahead. And when I like realized that somewhere in like the last nine years, I suddenly just started having this mantra of like, everything always works out for me. So even when, and, and to the point where I have friends that will like, I had something I ended up before I was married, this relationship ended and I was going through a really hard challenge of it ending. And I remember my cousin being like, you know, everything works out for you. Mm-hmm. Like th- it's going to be even better on the other side. Right. And Right. Like I, I, that mantra was so powerful that other people like were adopting it. I recently even had my brother say to me, he's been trying to, he's like not in this world at all. He like, you know, does not do personal development, um, he doesn't work with coaches. He doesn't do anything like this. And he was like, I've been trying to think like, how do I have the mindset of everything always works out for me? I think it's available for all of us. I'm not special.
2: Mm. It's
1: just the, like, if I trip and fall and then I stand up and I, and I, and I stare at the ground as I walk, looking for all the the next place I'm going to trip, I'm not going to see all the opportunities that are right in front of my face. But if I trip and fall and I stand up and I'm like, okay, I fell like, let me check myself. Like I'm okay. And then I like, Pick my head back up, and I'm looking like what's in front of me. That maybe tripping paused me, slowed me down. That may give me the opportunity to see it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it comes back to choice. Like it is your choice to look up. It's your choice to see how it's happening for
1: you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't. It can't suck in the in the grossness of whatever you're. Right. You know, like whatever challenge you're. I was but like, even super... that
0: is happening for
1: you. Yeah. Like. Like that, that like seeing how sad I was and how depressed I was. Like when I, when I had, like when that, when that relationship ended also showed me like how much I wanted the relationship and the commitment that I was looking for and how much space I had to love. Right. Like how much, how much I had like opened my heart. Somebody said to me once, every time your heart breaks, it doesn't actually go back together. The space that broke fills in and your heart's like that much bigger. And it was like, God, I so feel that. Like every time your heart breaks, it's expanding. It's not just going back. It just keeps growing.
0: Mm. That, that reminds me of that Japanese art that's like the mm-hmm. ceramics that you break and then you put together with the gold.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I, re- I just only recently learned about this.
0: Oh yeah, it's such a beautiful concept. Um, and just almost, and and really like, Uh, The idea, too, that our hearts aren't perfect and that they're wounded and that we're like, you know, the wounded healers or the wounded lovers um, and we're not meant to, yeah, just be perfect and fully healed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And well, or that we are perfect unhealed. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that, that are, I think that's the hardest thing to get. Like, if we come back to that shadow thing, that the version of me that like, I love the idea, like I'm a recovering asshole. Mm but in reality i'm not there's always that part of me that's an asshole it's just like can i love that guy enough and let him let him show up in moments where he where he will like add value instead of letting him be in charge all the time and run yeah. the show and then be mad at him
2: hmm.
1: you know he has value also right. there's things like my boldness comes from that guy my like my fierce independence and my fierce authenticity comes from that guy. My fearlessness, like my desire to follow the fear wherever there's fear, go there, like because that's where the magic is. That's that guy. Wow. And so if I don't let him, like, I he, every strength, like every everything is pull. Everything has a like a, a a polarity. And so it's like what makes him this asshole also makes him this like fearless kind of explore, like, adventure in a way.
0: Right. And what what I think helped you survive, you know, you're the first 30 years of your life. I think survival gets this really bad rep. Like, oh, you're just surviving. Mm-hmm. You're not living. But, like, survival's what got you here. Like, there's nothing wrong with surviving. <laughs> like, thank no, God yeah. we're surviving, right? So, So that's so beautiful. Because it's, like, it's so clear that your life was a slingshot. Like, you were taken through you know, the hero's journey of being through all your darkness so that you can learn for yourself, your own path and come back to heart to your heart. And now, you know, share that with others and live it yourself. Um, and still be doing it.
1: And like, it doesn't, and still be doing it. Right. It's like what it's different now, but I think it actually becomes in a little like more challenging because the gaps aren't as obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like where I where I was, the gap to who I wanted to be was massive. Like there was a lot of space I got to cover and a lot of things I could do. And now let's just say like the man I want to be is here and I'm here. And let's just say there's like, instead of it being like a foot, of I have my, if you're, if you're listening to this, my hands are <laughs> So it's like a foot away when it started. Now it's like, let's just say like two or three inches, yeah. but those two or three inches, it's, it's, it's so much harder Right. Cause there's like all these like really tight spots that you're trying to work with.
0: The blind spots um, are like blinder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's wherever you are, it's hard for you at that time. Right. It was super hard for me when it was big, but like wherever you are, it's the challenge you need. It's, mm. it's, I don't know if you've heard this in any of the medicine work you've done, but it's one of my favorite things is like the way knows the way. Mm. And we're so busy trying to control the way and how we do it and where we go that we forget that we're actually, we actually could just be like floating on a river and like like dealing with it and being with it as we come upon things versus trying to like maneuver how we get down that river.
0: Wow. Wow, Alex, thank you so much. I am blown away by your self-love. Like if there's anything I'm taking away is, is you really love yourself and the parts of you that still need more love and will always need more love. You're committed to loving them. Um and and thank you so much for being generous with your wisdom and your self-love and being unapologetic about it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm By I'm way. so yeah, I'm so glad not not just that you came to share your wisdom, but that I got to know you through this conversation.
1: Thanks for sharing that. My self love is actually my my hardest biggest hmm. show it's actually the thing that I struggle the most with
2: wow the,
1: the thing that I've learned uh recently is to like the one of the if you struggle with self-love one of the coolest ways you can like um uh, like nurture that is to to love yourself through the eyes of someone else see how someone else sees you
2: yeah
1: and and that like really lands so thanks mm. for showing me how you see me
0: so perfect like you said the way knows the way
1: yeah, always.
0: Mm. So how can how can my audience connect with you? Is there anything that you want to share with them that you're doing right now?
1: Yeah. Um, they can always go to thedreammason.com. So my website has the books that I've written, the podcasts that I host, you know, all the things that I do. Um right now for the the men in your audience or for the people that know men or love them. Uh, I'm hosting a men's retreat in June. So I don't know when you, this podcast will come out, but, uh, it's like June 7th. Okay. June 7th in, uh, in Utah. And we have some, we still have some spots open. Um, it's really, really cool thing we're doing. We don't, you know, most men retreats are like, this is how you be a man or don't be a man. Mm -hmm. And we're, about like no come here and design the way you want to become a man and the way you want to live your life and we we we, with the community of men will support each other in creating that Mm. Uh, and you get to do that with other guys build brotherhood connection learn learn to express yourself and talk about your feelings and your emotions but do much so much more than that um, because that's just like one little piece uh, and have a good time while you're doing it we're you know we're like regular dudes who want to be better Um, and, which,
0: which like people that don't do the work, like have a stigma, like, Oh no, like it's just a bunch of weirdos, but no, like,
1: that's if- this is literally why I created a men's retreat because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go be with a bunch of weirdos. Um, and so we joke sometimes we're like the men's retreat for for men who would never go on a men's retreat. Um,
0: nice, but yeah,
1: it's, it's, and we like have fun. We're like, you know what I mean? We're like regular guys who want to be better dads, husbands, leaders, People feel better about ourselves. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, why don't we all want that? You know,
0: right? Um, yeah. Like, self love with men, I feel like it's taboo, which is so weird.
1: Yeah, like well, it shouldn't we, be. Well, we don't, I mean, we don't have a relationship to, to our feelings or our emotions. So, everything, how do you know who you are? You know who you are through your feelings and your emotions. If you don't have a connection to your feelings, you're in your emotions, you're like a productivity robot. Yeah. So men are productivity robots, which is great to like make a lot of stuff and do a lot of stuff, but it makes it really hard to connect with the people that love us and want to feel us and be with us and ourselves. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, we do all of it. It's like, hey, what do you want your life to be about? How do you want it to feel? Let's create that with you. So yeah,
0: yeah so I love that. That's I, I love that. It's funny. I was actually gonna ask you about this. Some it just happened perfectly. Because you wrote this post that I really loved, and there's a line that says, "A man can be anything he wants because each man gets to define what it means to be a man." Um, I was gonna ask you what inspired that post, and here you said it. You are leading this retreat, and yeah. that's that's beautiful. Because I see I see the men around me, and there's I just see a lot of struggle about like what does it really mean to be a man, and I love that you're, you're bringing in this perspective of like, you got to decide what it means to be a man. Like, what is it? What's your experience of being a man?
1: Yeah. Look, there was a time where being a man was like hunting and protecting your family. That's just not the reality of the world we live in for most of us currently. So you can keep doing that, but it's like having a horse and buggy when cars exist. Like we actually can like do something different now because difference available. So yeah, we have a retreat June 7th in Utah, and then we're going to have another one in October, um, a winter, a winter retreat. And then I have, I lead virtual men's groups and in-person men's groups. Um, and we have those in a couple of different cities. And then I also work with people one-on-one I, and I work with couples. Um, and I think the couples work is fun because often the usually women that want, have been wanting their men to do like therapy or coaching work. Yeah. and. Often when guys meet me, they're like, oh, wait, he's like a regular guy. This isn't like some weird coachy therapy thing that I like don't want. And so it's like fun to be the safe space where couples can do work, where guys don't feel like they're doing something they don't want to be doing.
0: Or like being pointed out what they're doing wrong. Right. Like that's, that's, that's the story most men are living in. Like I'm just always doing it wrong.
1: Yeah. 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 Because it's all about, it's all about results and actions. Hmm. right there's no so yeah yeah
0: all righty well i will yeah i'll definitely be sharing it with the men in my life and putting it in the notes and my social media so again thank you so much
2: thank you
1: yeah thanks